You are listening to a new episode of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've put on a list, games that have risen to the top, as we go over our top five underrated PS2 games of all time. The fact that you did not stumble on that amazes me. So. Hey, there's a first time for everything. And this is the first time... Well, no, we've done a top five, right? We've, we've done multiple top fives. Uh, this one's a little different for us, though. We haven't really done a, like, hidden gems, underrated PS2 type thing before. And I wouldn't say this is hidden gems, necessarily. This is just games that are just underrated. You know, they're, they could be expensive. They could be cheap. We're not looking for hidden gems at under $10 or whatever. Like, there's some pricey games here. Yeah, we weren't really sure... What to uh, take the approach with, and I kind of want to open up with just a general talk of, like, what do you consider, like, there's so many, you know, underrated, hidden gems, obscure, you know, we use all these different terms to try to derive, you know, some kind of meaning for just games that, you know, you might not have played, somebody out there has definitely played, you try to look up lists for this, and there's things on there that it's like, ah, that's not underrated, that's not hidden, like, um... When I was making my list, I was asking John, like, do you think Shadow of the Colossus is underrated? Do you think that's obscure? And I could see how maybe to some people it is. But, I mean, having been so involved in games from the time that, like, Shadow of the Colossus was coming out, like, I knew that it was, like, an awesome, new, artistic, cool thing when it happened. And a lot of people did. So, you know, maybe... Maybe things are more obscure or underrated just based on if you are around then or how much research you want to put into it. Like, there's so many games from older consoles. I have no idea even what some of the most popular games are on some of those things. Yeah, I think it's all about perspective, right? It's what you know and what you don't know. So what's going to be common knowledge for, like, you and I in terms of uh, what we would consider an underrated game is not going to be common knowledge for somebody else. They may look and say, oh, I never really thought about that game. Or they may look at something like Shadow of the Colossus, for example. Like, we we know that's uh, not really... It's underrated in terms of uh, the artistic direction and, and that game in general. But, you know, there might be somebody else that's like, no, that's super popular. Like, I know all about that game. Like, mm-hmm. I have friends that played it. Like, we all enjoyed it. Like, it depends on your circle of friends who you're actively hanging out with, um, what you typically play. I think a lot of that comes into consideration when you can, you know, when you determine is something underrated, obscure, a hidden gem, whatever it may be. And then you get those games that like become well known for supposedly being not well known. Like Eco is the most famous, underrated, underplayed, obscure game that I've ever heard about on, you know, Something like people talk so good about that kind of because of Shadow of the Colossus and then eventually, you know, The Last Guardian. Well, see, I see it from an opposite perspective, right? So my perspective on Eco is that for me, it's common knowledge. But that's one of the best games on the PlayStation 2. And I guess, you know, when it came over to PlayStation 3, and I think it deserves a remake in general uh, or a, a second one, like an extension to that story, if if possible, which really isn't when you play it. Um, but like that game, I was super hyped for it. I had the PlayStation magazine. Uh, Eco was set up in there as like, this is a the new direction of gaming. It's This is a new art style. Like, it's beautiful. It's, uh, you know, a must play. Like, that's how it was promoted. So for me, it was like 
common knowledge. Like, this is a fantastic game that you have to play. This was a top title versus somebody else looking at it, maybe like, I've never heard of that game. So that's why it's underrated. Uh, so, again, it's perspective. Depends on how you want to take it. So I would say that it's okay to have something like Shadow of the Colossus or Eco on a list of underrated games uh, because not everybody's heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Okami was another one that I kept seeing on lists, and it's like, I've not played Okami, but, I mean, I know about Okami. Okami was in, um, what was it, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I think? I'm not sure. So, I mean, once you start to branch out into having representation in other games outside of your own game, too, I feel like that kind of puts you more in that, you know, universe of exposure and especially a cross-play game like that because it's like there's so many different franchises represented and you're likely to find something from somewhere that you haven't really seen before yeah i agree i mean when you start seeing those other who knew who ness was the first time we booted up smash yeah i mean when i first booted up smash i had no idea who ness was and that i mean it was years ago it's before we started doing a podcast before i started getting heavy into collecting and such and um, you know, I always wondered that too, like who the hell's Ness? Who does, who's this other character that's on here? It just over time through those types of games, especially you start kind of branching out, like you said, and discovering new franchises that you weren't aware, uh, that actually existed. And, um, you know, you start learning about those obscure type titles or underrated. Uh, and you know, I am going to point out here before we do start going into our list and we can keep talking a little bit more, but, uh, this list is not going to have, you know, like I said, under $10, under $20, or maybe like there's titles on here that are going to be, you know, $100, bucks, 35 dollars 50 bucks. Like it's just. It's also not Rule of Rose because it was the most underprinted game. Yeah, it's definitely not that. Well, hopefully we have an episode on that pretty soon. That'd be pretty cool to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to take this as a, um, you know, here's some titles that we think are pretty underrated. Uh, I've played. Uh, in my list, I've played all of them. On your list, I've played on two of them on your list. Yeah, I haven't played all the games on my list either. I just know that most of these games are things that I've seen or been interested in, and I don't really see a lot of other people talking about them. But I know that everything on here has like some merit to it, at least. Yeah, There's and a lot of games that I wouldn't throw... like. Like, if you were to do a list similar to this, but on Wii, like, the games that you would wind up choosing wouldn't be like, oh, that other, other carnival game, you know? There's too many it's, carnival games It's obscure Wii. because it's buried beneath a mountain of carnival games. These are all, like, uniquely identified games, nothing like, nothing just like, oh, some trashy game you'd never heard about because it came out at a flea market. Because some guy made it. <laughs> it came out of the flea markets because some guy made it? Yeah. That'd be the most obscure game out there, exactly. man. Exactly. Flea market adventures <laughs> on the Wii. That's like ready for like a creepypasta. Yeah, it kind of is, right? Just some random guy like making a Wii game in the middle of the flea market. Finally, yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah. Let's, have, not, let's not have that. Yeah, have you seen the uh, Calamity Crow N64 thing that's going on right now? Mm-mm. Oh, that's... It, like Calamity. another fake game that's got like a whole conspiracy thing, but then they made it into an actual game. I have not seen that, but I need to look. That's at like it. the ultimate meme of obscurity. It reminds me of, um, you know, Grandma's Boy 
when he's making when they have that game in there. I th- I want to say that game is like Predator or something. Like I or no no no, it's not Predator. I forget the name. There is a game. That game that was in Grandma's Boy. If you've ever seen that movie, I want to say that was actually released. Like that's footage from an actual game. Are you going to Google it right now? Yes. Okay, Brian will be Googling it. We'll see how obscure it is. Which means we should either have me talking for an extended period of time, like I'm currently doing right now while you do this Google search, or hit a commercial break, which would require additional editing, Ryan. So I think No, I'm I don't think gonna, it's a real game. Yeah, I'm not going to do a commercial break. Are you sure it's not a real game? Yeah. I want to say it looked like something that came out, like gameplay-wise. No? Mm. No? All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll start moving into our list here, dude. So I'll rattle off what my top five are on underrated games. Oh, it's a modified and... version of Blood Rain Two. Real? Okay, so that's what it was. I knew it was something. Like that footage looked too cool to to not be, you know. And we should play Blood Rain Two, by the way. But it definitely looked like a game that was being polished. Um, okay, so I'll rattle off my top five here. And uh, I'll, I'll dig a little bit into each one of them and why I selected them. Uh, so first on my list is Extermination, which we played uh, not too long ago. I don't remember what episode, but we played I it. I will get that up. He will get that up. Uh, Shadow of Destiny, which uh, I beat uh, earlier, or not earlier, but mid-2020. Uh, that would have been episode 102 of the 102. Game Deflators podcast. 20-something episodes ago, or 30 episodes, I don't, I don't know. Uh, depends on when this comes out. Uh, so the other game I got here is The Bouncer. I played this years and years ago, probably when the PS2 first came out, actually. Uh, Project Snowblind. I beat this game uh, 2008. I think I beat that game. Or well, 2007. Now, can and then, you talk about like what makes these? Like I will. I will. Okay. I will. Oh, you're just going through first. <laughs> I'm got just it. going through. Yeah. Hold on. Water. God, man. Uh, Mr. Mosquito. I beat this one about three years ago. And that one I got was uh, through a demo years ago, and I just decided to buy it. But let's go through Extermination first. So uh, this game is sitting at 1577. You and I played this, as you said, what was it, episode 102, mm-hmm. I think? Um, so we actually, I want to say we enjoyed this one quite a bit. Uh, it was, for us, kind of like a budget, it wasn't a budget Resident Evil, but... It had some of that, like, it's set in, like, 2005 in Antarctica. Like, we had a little humor around that and, like, the actual story. There was funny voice acting. Yeah, some weird voice acting that was going on. But it did have some scary elements to it. And we got, I'd say, through what you consider a a prologue type of intro type situation. And uh, it really kind of kicked it off to where, like, we should continue playing this. Uh, And so it's more or less a third-person shooter. Uh, set in Antarctica, and you've got this experimentation that's kind of like gone to hell, and they've lost all contact. There's like and, aliens. Yeah, and so this, these two guys or this group is supposed to go down and find out what's going on on like this recon type mission. Uh, remember, there's a fan that's spinning, and we we're just like, how the hell does he have this knowledge yeah. on a fan spinning? And like, you know, it's just, it's kind of like the whole like european and african swallow of the coconut like that type of knowledge that's pretty much what this guy had in terms of fan experience like giant industrial fans um but yeah i mean his third person shooter had somewhat of a puzzle element similar to what you again like a resident evil or uh, a silent hill where you have to find like a a certain door or a key card and you got to come back and 
do what you're doing. Like, it felt like that. There was but... more going on than in, like, a Medal of Honor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you did have those creatures and such, which would um, really just kind of turn you, like, they would go into your body and, like, turn you into this, like, massive monster. Uh, and so that's about as far as we got when we played it. And I still want to play this game. It is still high on my list to finish it. Uh, but, dude, I... I think it's underrated. Just that little bit of time that we played and the fact that I want to continue playing that game and it is a cheap price point still, 15 bucks. I would say it's severely underrated. A lot of those survival horror type games like this and like one of the ones on your list are very much underrated titles uh, that have kind of taken a backseat to your Resident Evils and your uh, Silent Hills of the world. Uh, and I guess even as far as... Um, I guess your Kuwans and Rule of Rose, right? Like those have kind of been the ones that people want to talk about, but uh, never this. Also, I'm going to throw it out there because I always love to give props. Uh, the U.S. box art, good box art. Oh, yeah, that one's sick. That is some sick box art. Uh, the other one that I have here, number two, Shadow of Destiny. Uh, this one's sitting at 2141. Uh, Shadow of Destiny, I don't remember which episode span I played it in. Uh, but my wife and I, we like to pull a game every now and then and uh, consider that like our game that we play together. And Shadow of Destiny was that game. It's super short. It's probably about, I want to say it's about six hours, maybe eight at the very most. But this game, uh, you pretty much took, uh, I think his name was Ein or Ike. It was Ike was the character's name. And you're trying to avoid death. And so you end up in this room with like this homunculus who's like, oh, well, let me help you, and I'm going to give you a stone, and you're going to be able to turn back time and go back in time and do all these crazy things to be able to avoid death. And so you are you go back, like, into the 80s. You go back in, like, the 1500s. You go back to the present. You go to the future. You have all these crazy things that you're doing, all to try and avoid your imminent death. And uh, we, the one thing that we felt about this game was that the voice acting was a little clunky, uh, but graphically, it wasn't bad, and the game itself was actually fairly interesting. I mean, we were pretty engaged with the story, and we enjoyed it. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't say it was like a 10 out of 10, but it was a, you know, if I think back on it, it was probably more like a 7 out of 10. I probably gave it a better review back then, but uh, that's kind of how I remember that one. Uh, the next one I've got on my list here, man, is The Bouncer. So, think... Uh, Let's see, squall hairstyle, big ass shoes from Sora, and uh, put it all into this like arcadey, like open Streets of Rage type of setting. And since not side scrolling, but more like arena type setting, and you've got yourself the bouncer. Uh, so the bouncer is a story of three bouncers who are trying to find their friend who has been taken by a solar mega corporation, uh, and. I mean, that in itself just lets you know that solar companies are bad, Ryan. They're stealing bouncers and friends. Uh, so uh, the whole thing is really like just a giant-ass beat-em-up where you're pretty much taking out through various levels, like a very linear game. Uh, you're taking out various baddies uh, in this solar megacorp, I guess, to be able to rescue your friend. And each you have multiple storylines. So like each character that you play through has a different story, kind of a story tied to it. Not necessarily the whole big thing, like the outcomes are just kind of slightly different as you progress through. Uh, the interesting thing on this game, though, is it does have like a survival mode where you can go across like 10 different levels, if I recall, battling like, I want to say it's like 30 or 50 enemies per level. And uh, you just have to try and get through uh, without dying. 
And there's that. There's also a battle type mode where you have like a, you know, up to four people via multi-tap. Uh, so you can have two people, just friends, or you can have just you and then three in this arena mode uh, battling it out, uh, which I think is pretty cool. But the one thing that I'm not a fan of is that, you know, it, I don't recall, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't multiplayer for the story mode, which I really wish games like this would have that multiplayer in story mode uh, because it, the layout of it is not one that, you know, you can't do it, right? It's not like... You have one character on one side of the screen and the other character is like going across, you know, somewhere else on the map. And it's just hard to kind of like piece everything together. Like it's just so centralized that it doesn't make sense why there wouldn't be multiplayer within the main story mode. Um, and, that, and that's as far as I recall in that game. Uh, let's see. My next game here that I've got, dude. And this one is probably my lowest price. Game. Oh, and Bouncer, by the way, is 1865. Uh, my lowest price game is going to be Project Snowblind at 663. I recall this being a super action-packed first-person shooter that I could not put down. Like I knocked this game out so quick uh, back then when I played it. Uh, this game is set in, I want to say it's like 2065, and um, there's this thing called Project Snowblind, where this uh, government agency wants to like launch EMPs or some of your EMP attacks on some sort of like liberation army, and Project Snowblind is the name of the project. Um, I think it's something Frost. I want to say is the guy's name, and you go through and uh, essentially trying to stop Project Snowblind. But through the game, you're gaining like different augmentations to your character, so you can throw up shields. You can throw lightning on people. You can uh, slow down time to go in and do your your shots at a, a you know just an easier rate of hitting people. Uh, just all these crazy powers that you gain throughout, and it's very much a linear game in that you are progressing through these levels constantly, and it's not super like heavy story driven from what I remember. But it was so action packed, I just could not put it down. It's probably one of my favorite first person shooters that I've actually played on the PlayStation 2, and that's when I really, really wish we get a remaster or remake, uh, just because of how, how much fun it was. I want to say that the uh, ratings on that game are probably in the 6s or 7s as well, so it's not terrible. 7s, um, 8s. Eight. 7s, eight, 8s, you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it wasn't a bad game by all means, and uh, I enjoyed it years ago. And This is one that I actually loaned to a coworker, which kind of stopped my loaning out of games. Like, I'll loan to you because I know where you live. But uh, people I didn't know where they live, or just other friends, uh, I don't loan out games to. And the main reason I don't is because I loaned out Project Snowblind to a coworker. He ended up leaving the company, never returned it, never got back to me. In fact, I still need to buy a copy of Orphan on the PlayStation 2 because he had my copy of Orphan. Oh, man. Now, that's a game that I remember seeing on... Like, a lot of these games are games that I remember going into GameStop and hanging out and always seeing on the shelf and looking at and then never taking home. Mm -hmm. And Orphan was definitely one of those because it was just like anime cover. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these games are uh, ones that I personally didn't see uh, except for the Bouncer. Yeah, I remember seeing the Bouncer cover too. Yeah, and like Mr. Mosquito is my next game here. Um, so I think I said Project Snowblind's price is six sixty three, but Mr. Mosquito is one that... I never saw in a GameStop or EB Games or whatever growing up. Like I, I never saw it anywhere. 
I remember seeing it advertised in magazines, and that's about all the coverage I ever saw for Mr. Mosquito. And that's the only reason I knew about it. And my official PlayStation magazine had a demo for this one. So that's how I got to play it initially was through that demo. It's actually where I played um, the music game that you and I played. Oh, uh, Maestro? Yeah, Mad Maestro. That was, I think, part of the same demo, or it was like back-to-back almost of this one. So those are two games that I always like have on my mind when i think mr mosquito mad maestro is always the next game i think of because of you know the style of uh art that's in those two games man that's is... a game we could have passed on we still got to get guitaru man I there's have an get... obscure one to i play. have guitaru man oh you did get it yeah I... okay. dude that's what started this whole thing with all these bins of games dude so guitaru man before we go into mr mosquito remember when i picked up the collection last march Oh man, it's been a year since the uh, oh wow the great the mega 20, the mega pickup of 2020. Yeah. Uh, so almost I think almost to date. Um, so yeah, initially when I got that, I was looking at it, it was like 200 bucks a guy wanted for Guitaru Man and a whole bunch of other games, and I calculated I'm like, all right, if I can get this for like 150, I'm in a good spot. Let me see if I can get it. And then when I asked him, hey, do you have more? He was like, oh, yeah, I got tons more. I got a garage full. And then that started this ridiculousness that we have here. Yeah. Uh, which literally, I think, like, almost all of this is from that collection, Excess. Like, it's actually... We're staring at, like, seven totes. Uh, no. Well, no. no. You're talking about these little ones, too? All of those, yeah. I mean, all those? All of okay. the, a lot of this is from 2020. Dang. Okay, yeah. so that's... Uh... There's, like, 12 totes here, I think. Well, that's eight, that's six, that's two, so that's 18. Wait, what? Three, six, 12, no, there's four. Oh, little ones there. Yeah, but if you stack them up, it'd be equivalent to about yeah, nine toes. He's got a bunch right? of games here. Yeah, folks. I got a bunch of games, people. There's one in there with like a ton of Super Nintendo games, which is great. Um, But yeah, so that, Guitar Man, I have that. Mr. Mosquito, 105.50 is the price point on this one. I don't know why this game went up so fast, but... It, I'm surprised it didn't earlier. So I'm, I'm surprised it's up early right now at 105. But at the same time, I'm surprised it hasn't been 105 already. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like when I picked this up, I think it was like 35 bucks when I got it, and like pristine copy too. I probably could have picked up new for like 50 at the time. And this is just several years ago. Uh, Mr. Mosquito, I beat this one. Super short, but you uh, take on the role of a mosquito trying to suck blood from an unsuspecting family uh, within Japan. And your goal is to, uh, the way that it works out, you have like a meter uh, where the person can like notice you. And so you suck some blood and then like their meter kind of goes off, like, you know, to slap you or whatever. And you jump off and you like hide and you collect various things and you, you know, just fly in various sections of a room uh, trying to avoid certain obstacles, avoid the attention of the person you're sucking the blood from. And then go in and suck the blood. And of course, once you get to a certain point, you finish a level. Uh, the one thing that's always funny is the bathtub level where my wife walked in and sees me playing this game. She's like, what the hell are you playing? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 it's a mosquito. I'm just trying to suck blood from this woman in a bathtub. I'm like, yeah, that still doesn't sound good. <laughs> so uh, I thought it was a great game. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, for me, a game that I had always wanted to to buy, really. And I'd always wanted to beat and play. Well, and isn't the family like goofy? Like they're doing weird stuff and weird stuff's going on. It's kind of got those like vibes that are kind of like. Um... It's kind of like that Incredible Crisis family in a sense. Yeah. So, like, that one's nuts. Like, that game was insane. And I had a lot of fun with that one, too. Uh, so, it's kind of similar to Incredible Crisis without the 
the robbers of animal masks and trumpet doing ska, which is really fucking weird. Um, but this one, yeah, it's a weird family. There's uh, like a daughter, there's a husband, there's a wife. I think there's a grandma and I think there's a son, if I recall. And yeah, you're just sucking blood from this family. And uh, it, it's just, it's so weird, dude. It's just one of those wonky games that you have to play it to play it and really understand what I'm talking about here. But uh, I think it's severely underrated. Uh, you know, it's short, which is a downside, but I think it's just long enough to where it doesn't get repetitive, right? It it has that, you know, initial like, okay, this is fun. Like, I like this. It's a fun novel idea for yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 105, I mean, I'm not going to complain because my copy is like tripled in price over the last few years, but at the same time... Rough out there for purchase. Yeah, if you're looking to buy this game, 105 is steep. At least I think, you know, given how long it takes to play it, it's too much. But yeah, so um, definitely, you know, let us know what you think about my list. And of course, Ryan's list is coming up here on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So Facebook and Instagram is at The Game Deflators, and Twitter is at Game Deflators. And of course, you're listening to us on your favorite podcast application. Uh, but if you're hearing us on like YouTube or through a friend, uh, check us out on Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, CastBox, wherever podcasts are found. You will find us. Uh, and Podbean. Podbean, too. Ryan, your, any thoughts on my list as you went through? Um, so, <laughs> other than Extermination, I haven't played any of those games. I remember seeing stuff about a lot of them. Like I said, Mr. Mosquito I've seen about. I've seen a lot of these, you know, on shelves, but never picked them up or anything. So, I mean... For sure. I haven't really heard or know much about them, but you made them all sound well and good, so I would buy them as uh, being obscure or underrated or possibly hidden gems or whatever you want to classify them as. It's, it, it's a good-looking list. Sounds good. You heard that from Ryan's mouth. You thought I had a good list. Yeah. All right. Your list next, dude. All right. So I'm going to open up strong with Zone of the Enders, the second runner. I played this a couple years ago for... The Inflation Deflation Challenge. Speaking of which, how is uh, Persona going? John, have I said that I played any games on the podcast for the last three weeks? Oh. Because okay. that hasn't changed. Okay. okay. Well, when this episode airs, probably the last month. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll get back man. to it. By the, time, by the time this episode airs, I'm hoping to change that. I yeah. keep saying that, and you keep believing me, I hope. Uh, yeah. Blue's Clues and uh, Spice Girls coming soon. Continue. So... Um, that was an awesome game. Zone of the Enders, Second Runner. It was really good. It was much better than the first game. Um, graphics are dope. The story is really fun. Uh, giant robots. Very um, anime-esque with everything going on. The cutscenes are cool. It's a fun game. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Well, it's a Kojima game too, right? Yeah, I don't think many people have really played this series. Um so it's perfect for this, especially because this is like the probably even lesser known sequel because I think a bunch of people bought Zone of the Enders because it came with a demo for Metal Gear Solid 2 or something. Yeah. So uh, 929 not that expensive. It's cool. Yeah, it's a fun game. Yeah. I recommend it. Uh, next up, I've never played this, but I know that it's very popular with the people who have played it. And I know John's played it, and one of my really good friends from when I was in school used to talk about this game a lot and the sequel even more so but dark cloud is supposed to be a really interesting like action rpg with like 
world building on the side. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit more on it? Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. Dark Cloud is actually on my list. I think it's on my list for uh, the collecting on a budget for PlayStation 2. So I don't remember when we aired that episode. Ryan will look it up here in a second. But, uh, yeah, I want to say that made my list. Uh, but, dude, Dark Cloud is one of my all-time favorite games. I didn't get to finish number two uh, because I was playing it on my PlayStation 3, my old one, the backwards compatible, and it yellow-lighted on me. So I have the old data, but I have to pick up the whole like PS2 memory card transfer thing so I can pull it off of a thumbstick. It's, it's a weird thumb drive. It's the weirdest thing. But uh, Dark Cloud 1, yeah. So you take uh, on the role of this character, I forget his name. Uh, you have all these worlds that have been wiped clean by this dark genie. And you have to go through really dungeon crawling. And, and every time you go through the dungeon as well, it, it changes up. Like certain enemies that may have been there initially uh, are not in the same spot. Uh, chests where you would have found a specific item is not, you know, the same chest might be poison or something. Uh, it just, the map kind of, it changes every now and then, you know, to different dungeons. Like when you die you go back in and it's different. It's not the same layout. Every Randomly time. generated. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, but yeah, you have various moves. You have a smithing in this game where you can uh, find different items and go to like the weapon Smith and he'll kind of power up your weapons. You have different characters you're able to use. I think there was a, I want to say his name was Goro, uh, which he would fight with a giant tuna, which was pretty funny. I uh, had this like cat type girl, if I recall that had like a slingshot and I want to say there's one other person as well, along with your character that you play as. Uh, but usually in like every instance of when you go to these different worlds, there's like one central point, like the mayor of the city or like the leader of the city or town. And he's like, everything's been wiped clean. We need your help. And like all of these citizens, like everything's gone. Like, you know, there's just nothing. And so you go into the cave, you find like a piece of river or you find... Uh, a specific building and you might find a piece of a windmill and like all these different items through the various dungeon levels that you go through and you build up the town but at the same time you have to speak to different citizens who might say oh yeah my uh it's nice to meet you my uh home i really wish it would have like a sunset or something so you have to face their home in a certain direction it might be well you know i, I love living in close proximity to so-and-so in this shop so you'd have to put that person in there and like you had to listen to the different characters to understand where you would place their home and then once you got to a certain point you would complete the overall area um, and then you could go through that level whenever you wanted, pick up different items, explore. Uh, dude, it's seriously, I think it's one of the most underrated titles on the PlayStation 2. And uh, if you haven't played Dark Cloud or Dark Cloud 2, it's a must play. Like 100% must play on those games. Well, for fourteen twenty three, you could play it too. Yeah, and it's not like it was, like they didn't make a bunch of copies. That game was overly produced. So I think, yeah, fourteen twenty three. pfft. I think it's worth it, hundred percent. And if you can get a loose disc copy because you don't care about that, like even cheaper, do it. Like yeah. it's worth it. All right, next up, uh, this is a game that I've never played, but I've always wanted to play ever since I remember seeing the spread cover of this for Game Informer like years and years ago, and I hadn't even seen the movie yet. But this is uh, the Warriors by Rockstar. Um, I dig the movie. It's a cool movie. It's about uh, gangs in New York in the 70s and they're having this big gang meeting and then 
the leader of the gangs gets killed and everybody blames the warriors and they got to fight their way back home. So it's a beat 'em up game. Uh, it's got that rock star kind of aesthetic to, you know, an open world, uh, you know, it, it looks similar to their other games from that era, uh, which is to say very good. They were doing really good back then. Yeah, back when like GTA 3 came out uh, during very that impressive. era, I mean, that was just like top of the line graphics at that point. And I just remember seeing it and I, I have my official PlayStation magazines, like just being able to see that game and go through the pictures and such. I was amazed. I, I was still at an age where it wasn't like I would play it for like the cheats and be able to get like the five stars mm-hmm. and get all get all the weapons and do all that crazy stuff but um you know i i think back then like the warriors was very underrated it was overlooked i feel for games like gta uh it wasn't exactly something that was uh you know i wouldn't say even widely available i don't even remember seeing it in stores to be honest so i mean it's it's a little bit more expensive it's 4421 um i remember a few months ago, or maybe longer ago, who knows with time anymore, there was like speculation, or they were talking about they're going to be making a remake of the film, and somebody was saying online, like, oh, they should do a remaster or an HD port of the original game, so that could be cool. You I know, would, I would love to see a game like that put into uh, current gen graphics. Yeah, I so would love that. We'll see if there's a future for this title. I would really like to be able to play it at some point. So we'll see if that ever happens. Uh, next up, Gungrave. I played some of this at a friend's house. He had it. Uh, Gungrave is like some anime third-person shooter. You're this dude who i assume is already dead he's got a big coffin on his back and two huge pistols and you go through blowing up zombies it's um it's got some good looking kind of cell shady looking from what i can remember of it uh style looking art um i remember it's like a pretty fast paced shooter i always wanted to kind of go back i lost touch with the person that I knew that had that game and whether or not they would still even have it today is who knows. But, uh, I, I always thought it looked pretty cool. It's like thirty-seven sixteen, So maybe it's a little much to like go out on a limb for if it's not something you're really sure about. Like I said, I don't have too much of a memory about it. So I can't speak and just say, Hey, go buy this game. But it's something that if I, had the opportunity to go back and play it, I definitely would. I could have sworn I had it. I was just looking at my price charting, and I know I got Gungrave Overdose, mm. and it's showing I don't, so I might have Gungrave. There is also, John, I was looking these up while you were talking earlier, there's a Gungrave PSVR game. Gungrave VR. Well, Ryan, in my Do you have it? current GameStop cart of VR games I was looking at, hoping there's a discount coming soon. I added Gungrave VR <laughs> to that list. So, so maybe uh, maybe we'll check out one or a few of these titles in the future and just see kind of how they how they pan out. But it's on my list. And then last but not least on my list, uh, another game that we've played here on the show, Cold Fear. We both really like this game. We both thought it was cool. Uh, the boat mechanics of the sway and everything was really neat. It was a little bit confusing, kind of all the same kind of hallways, but it was, uh, 
it was very much an artifact of the PS2 era, and it has a lot of that kind of PS2 jankiness that is so nostalgic for us. Um, and, you know, we gave this a pretty good rating. It's gone up a lot since we played it. It was like 26 bucks when we played it. So it's, you know, we talk about things and they rise in price, I guess. So if you're interested in any of these games, I would go at them quick before, you know, the market turns because of us. Oh, yeah, for sure. We uh, we got that influence, right? So um, Cold Fear. John would play it. John would buy it. I actually, so this game in particular, well, I already own it. So uh, this game in particular, uh, I remember when we played it, we did enjoy the boat mechanics in a sense because of where it was in its time. Uh, And ultimately with this game, uh, when we were done, I actually made a save Mm. to continue playing because it just, we had a few like jump moments, but it was at the very end when the zombies start coming through and it was super hard. Luckily we had saved. I was just like, all right, I need to continue playing this at some point in time. So I've got it on the memory card, uh, so I can keep going through. But again, it's just a game that um, it's on the list, man. It's a backlog. Some of these I, I want to finish up, and I still got things I got to play and things I'm currently playing. It's all over the place, dude. Yeah, unfortunately, back when I played PS2, I mean, really, when I played most games, like I've never been like the hardcore finding the obscure games playing all the indie titles playing all like the small releases i've always been kind of more of a mainstream gamer so a lot of these i don't really have a particular knowledge or memory of but you know it is good to know that there is a lot of depth out there and you can find a lot of things and you can be surprised again by something old enough that you thought that you know it was all played out or you had gone through all the good stuff. I think this is a decent list of things that, you know, really is for the most part worth checking out. At least, you know, at least we've all kind of touched on, I think the warriors is the only thing on here that none of us has touched whatsoever. Yeah. I, I had not played the warriors, at but any point. that's got a rock star pedigree and the movie's cool. The aesthetic looks good. So, you know, that's kind of got some stuff that speaks for it. I mean, it's, it's pretty priced, not to say that everything expensive is always worth the price or necessarily gives it any credibility, but mm-hmm. I think this is a good solid list that we put together here. If you don't think so, we don't care, but you could tell us about it anyways, anywhere on Facebook at The Game Deflators, on Instagram at The Game Deflators, at Twitter at Game Deflators, because they don't like the... You can let us know in a comment. You can leave us a five-star comment and be like, your list sucks. I've given you... One star for every time you said something on this list that sucked. So That'd be ten stars. Ten stars, I agree. I think one star per game that you didn't like, or one star per game that you did like. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Gungrave... Let us know. Let the stars speak for you. Gungrave Loaded Coffin Edition VR is uh, has been ordered. So, just while we were talking, I had to... Now we just have to get a VR to play it. Yeah, well, dude, <laughs> so there was another game on here that GameStop literally on their website only had one in stock. Like, nationally. Only one copy of his game in stock. So I was like, I'm buying this. game? Uh, Well, since this isn't going to air for a while, budget cuts. So it looked to me like Job Simulator. And Job Simulator is, like, super expensive. But I heard it's fun. And so I looked at budget cuts. I was taking a look at photos while you were finishing up with uh, Cold Fear. 
And I was like, uh, I'm going to buy this. Like, it's 20 bucks. So my plan is, when it comes in, if GameStop has some crazy, like, online deal or, like, in-store thing for pre-owned, I'm going to be like, these are pre-owned. I want you to give me whatever discount that you guys did a week ago mm-hmm. or, you know, from when I bought these. They usually will do that for you if you do. So, yeah, that's actually a trade secret, I guess, for GameStop is uh, usually if you're nice enough and you walk in and say, hey, I see you've got this great deal going on. I just bought all these games online. Uh, can you guys honor that deal for me? They'll typically do it for you. Dope. Yeah. So good stuff. Well, uh, I think that was a fun list, dude. I think we went into this not fully knowing, you know, how this was going to come off for us, but I had a blast going through these and just kind of really just looking at five random games and not having a price constraint on, you know, do we have to stick within a budget? And, you know, these are games that, like, I think other people would genuinely like. I like them. I know some of these that you've got on your list you like um, and, you know, and you want to play. So I think this is pretty good. We should, Since we're all different, though, maybe we can do a top ten. Well, see, that's the thing I was just about to say. It's so nice to do top tens. Everybody loves a good top ten. But with two people, we could each just do a top five. Because if I had to go pick five other games, like I would really quickly run out of games that I could recommend without, you know, just picking it off a list because somebody else said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah, of course, like Ryan said, let us know uh, via comments what you think of this episode. And, uh, of course, our top ten here underrated ps2 games let us know what other games lists things we could put together do you want to see other lists of games any kind of list of games obscure games well-known games what are the top 10 most well-known games yeah that's interesting nobody nobody makes that list because they expect you to already know yeah it's true i don't know if that's uh a list we'd want to do. Uh, but yeah, let us know if there's any games that you feel we missed or games that you feel are underrated. Uh, definitely let us know there too. Uh, well, that being said, this has been a new episode of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.